Hello everyone, I am Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends and sisters to do the same. This episode is part of a special series highlighting our sisters in small business. I grew up in a family who owned and operated a small business, and I partner with my husband to do the same. Every day brings a new adventure, and I am so excited to share this series featuring our sisters in small business as they share their inspiration, their challenges, their success, and their advice for anyone looking to start a side hustle or branch out on their own. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Corrine Heck, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. I am very excited for you to be here. This episode is part of a series that is featuring our sisters in small business. And you have a very, very interesting small business. It is Details Flowers Software, and we will get to how that came to be and all that that means. But before we do, I would like to start with your AOPI story. Yeah, I am. Um... I was very, very excited to rush when I was coming into the University of Florida in the summer of 1996, I think it was. Um, I had never experienced rush at, I didn't even know what it was. I just knew I wanted to be in a sorority. So I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. But when the, I don't know where, we, where I was the first house, but it, at University of Florida at the time, and I don't know if they still do this like this today, but when all those girls came marching out of those houses looking so proud with all their shirts on, I, I used to be on the dance team. So it was something that really was like, wow, they have this very well orchestrated and everyone seemed so happy. And it was just really great to find, um, you know, a home where you felt comfortable amongst the other girls who shared similar interests and so forth. So when I, my first day, when I opened up my bid card and saw AOPI, um, I have to say that it wasn't like I had my heart set on going to a certain place and AOPI was not my first choice. And that, that comes off maybe as like a little weird, but I think a lot of girls experience this. So when I opened up my card and I saw AOPI, I was like, you know, initially a little in shock, but I was like, I'm going to be a good person and rise to the occasion. And I'm so glad that I did because I had, I made some of the best relationships of my life that are still my lifelong friends today. So, you know, it was one of those moments where you get there and you're just not sure exactly like where you fit in and before I knew it I had arms wrapped around me telling me how awesome I was and really trying to find out who I was to help me along my path at the University of Florida so on the very first day of classes like I was so proud wearing my AOPI letters and it had been like a very short time um before I knew it, I had expressed interest in doing student government. And so um, the sisters, of course, said, well, let's get you into student government. So I ran for a, a freshman seat and lo and behold, I was able to garner a spot um, on the Senate 
And that really opened so many doors for me at the University of Florida. Um, I had a great experience in college and, you know, in those in those early moments when you really don't even know who you are, it was really exciting to have girls that um, embraced me just for who I was. So um, that led to being on um, the Senate uh, Budget Committee at the University of Florida. So I was one of eight students who um, represented the student body and helped distribute like and allocate all this those funds that go towards activities. I think there was like an eight million dollar budget oh. that yeah, <laughs> that's a that, lot. <laughs> and it opened my eyes to like politics. So it's really interesting to what I'm doing today um, with my career because I I fell in love with that kind of thing. And today I I, I lobby in D.C. every year. So for the floral industry. Um, but while I was at the University of Florida, I mean, I did all kinds of things. If I said I, I wanted to do some kind of project, there was always a sister in our house that was like, I am involved in that. And let me show you how to do it, how you need to apply, who do you need to talk to. And um, I just thought that was just so cool because I walked into that campus of like, you know, 50,000 students and here I was like ambitious, I think to some, some degree, but it was with those sisters who had been there before that really, um, really helped shape me and mold me into what I was able to contribute while I was there. Um, in my sorority, I was the, um, what was it called? It was the insurance chair. Oh, (laughs) We have a version of it today. We don't call it the same thing, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think that's what it was called, but it was, I had no idea when you hold these events that you need to have certain liabilities covered. And that was my responsibility at the sorority, which I feel was like a pretty, pretty big one, yes. um, wherever we would have functions and so forth. And, you know, that contributes a lot to what I'm doing now, just, just making sure that all the bases are covered. But I... At the time, I didn't realize how those smaller jobs would prepare me in such a way for what I'm doing today. Um, I was also the social chair of our sorority, so we would put together all of these really great events. And it was only for a, a season, but um, I really enjoyed the formal that we got to put together. And ours was called Italian Wedding, um, and that's where we would dress up, you know, like from the from the 1920s really and uh wear the flapper costumes and it was it was it was very fun event but um to be a part of that really led me down the direction of seeing like event planning at the earliest stages and having like a love and an adoration for that experience and just bringing like a really quality experience to guests and my first party that we basically threw was for my AOPI sisters so that was really, really a great, great memory that I have. Um, From there, while I was at University of Florida, I also um, was the rush secretary for the the University of Florida. So I think we had close to 2000 girls that were going through rush and trying to find their their homes. But um, we added, that was an enormous experience, but I loved being a ROCAI and on the executive board and just 
really seeing things from an upper level. Like it's fun to be in the chair, like sitting there as a rushier, but it's an, it's quite another to be as a sister and then to take an extra step to really um, see the, the back ends or the inner workings and how much production goes into an event like that um, was always super fascinating to me. Um, Gosh, while I was there, I also was the, um, I was really busy. I was really busy with my sorority. It was like, that was kind of my life. Like once it was, I found where I was, like this, I did marketing as my major. Um, but I, I really love the sorority time. But um, yeah, I started, uh, I was the awards chair for all of Panhellenic. And it was you know, that's where we would celebrate like all the different sororities and fraternities at the time at UF, I think we had 16 sororities and 20 fraternities or so forth. And so um, I noticed that they didn't have like a fraternity or, or sorority of the year award that they would give out, like a lot of achievement awards for individuals, but on the whole, I just always imagined like a cup that would exist, that would be given and like we created it. and. Um, and then I think our year, well, I know, was the first year that they gave that out. So it was exciting to have an idea, bring it bring it to be, and then know that they're still celebrating that today. So I feel like that's, that's probably one of my fondest memories, besides my friends, of course, that I made. Um, you know, wh- while I enjoyed all the flowery aspects of those types of jobs, I feel like that's what I enjoyed most on putting on the parties. And I found that all of the uh, different organizations that I um, I participated in flowers were the focal or the centerpiece. Even during rush, we would hand out roses to the final um, girls, or we would have a huge ice sculpture where we had roses like frozen into the sculpture and I had never seen anything so beautiful in my entire life I was like that that to me was so over the top amazing that that's when my love for flowers um happened but it wasn't until like a summer I tried to get a job at a florist in Gainesville and they wouldn't hire me because I had no experience and I was like but I'm so good at all these other things. Like <laughs> you want me as an employee. And they were like, no, no, we don't. You don't have any design experience. And so that was always stuck with me. Um, after college, I, I took a break from college and I met my husband and he was going to FSU and we ended up moving to Tallahassee together. And my first job out of college was running the computer systems for a large florist because I was like, I love flowers and this is what I want to do and I want to be a florist like it seems so fun and um, you know I just I really fell in love with the flowers but I was so good on the computers that they set me up being a salesperson taking incoming orders and directing those orders and sending them all over you know all over the country and I would process hundreds upon hundreds orders a day for this particular flower shop that had a very good internet presence um they were capturing all those orders and every time i put an order through my boss made seven dollars so i was i was thinking wow like i just processed 200 orders for this this man who's sitting in there playing video games in his office while i'm like (laughs) making all his money here and i it just really um kind of stuck with me and after a year of doing that i was like i need to design the flowers that's why i came here and um, they wouldn't let me still, they were like, you're too good on the computer. Who would do the computer? 
if uh, it wasn't you? And I was like, I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> this isn't what I want to do. So um, I ended up leaving that, that, um, that, that job. Um, it was very scary at the time to like walk away from something, but I knew that if I stayed there, that, that they weren't going to let me explore other talents that I had. Um, and then I got a job uh, working for another florist across town and just fell in love with the whole design aspect of doing the arrangements and just making the flowers and learning just more of the horticulture or botanical aspects of flowers is just super interesting and um, had no idea how many existed or, you know, it was just, I just knew of roses. And then when I saw these other varieties, that was when I really um, just, just grew my love for flowers more. Um, I did grow up in Apopka, Florida, which is the indoor foliage capital of the world. Oh. And my family owns nurseries. So I didn't think that I would want to work in the greenhouse or nursery type of business. But I think that, you know, it just came to be that that was in my blood. Like, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, found my way back to flowers. Uh, my husband is a photographer. So he got a job in Miami and we were... Um, at that time, at that point, we had a one-year-old daughter and I just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I was like, I want to be here for my child all day, all night. So we ended up moving to Miami and I stayed at home for the first year and really enjoyed my time with my daughter. But at the same point, like I was pulling my hair out because I wanted to get back into doing something. And looked up flowers on the internet and saw um, a sales position for an import broker out of um, Miami. And what they do is they import product from Colombia, Ecuador, and Holland, Peru, Hawaii, Thailand, um, Japan, and then sell them to wholesalers across the country. And I um, interviewed at a few different companies, some larger, and I ended up taking um, a startup a job with a startup, basically a new company, but it was very small and I felt like I would make more commission um, or could negotiate a better rate with them uh, on what my sales were. So I took that job and um, out of three salespeople, I quickly became the lead salesperson. And I would just try to find different ways to interact with um, my wholesalers to create that like personal relationship with the people I was talking to on the phone. and you know, just really kind of listen or take notes about what it is they liked or what were they looking for and just sell them on those key aspects. And it always struck me that we would buy product on speculation from Colombia and Ecuador and uh, say that yellow roses were at a very good price. So we would buy them. But when I was trying to sell yellow roses because that's what we had in house, um, they were all requesting purple for that particular week. So it always struck me like they know what they want, but why isn't the communication level better between the um, farms or the growers and these wholesalers? So that kind of stuck with me for a while. Um, I ended up moving um, back to my husband's hometown of central like um, Daytona Beach, Ormond Beach area. And we decided, um, I worked from home uh, for this import company, still selling flowers, but I just wanted to get my hands back in the flowers again. So I did a few bridal shows and um, 
made some arrangements. I imported product from these areas and garnered the attention of so many brides and so many vendors in my area. Um, and this is a very high destination wedding area um, that had never seen flowers produced quite in the way that I was making them. And the presentation was just so different than what was available. So I booked like 10 weddings from that show and thought, okay, well, I need to figure out how to do this. Like, so eventually I um, transitioned away from the import side of it, but opened up a boutique design studio. And then um, basically I realized that there wasn't any system to help me figure out what I needed to order when I was selling these high-end weddings to these brides that would come in wanting these glamorous, like over-the-top extravagant things. One, I didn't really, you know, I had known at this point what was available, but how were other people learning these flowers? How were they learning how much they were going to cost when they were available? You know, flowers grow at all different times of the year. And I realized that there was no catalog or framework to help others in my industry that were wedding and event florists. They were all man manually creating some type of system and everybody had a different methodology that they were using and there was no structure for this particular niche in the industry. So I tinkered with my Excels. I would started adding imagery um, and this was about five years of doing this and it just hit me one moment that the biggest problem that the importers were facing in the industry is they couldn't determine what was going to be asked for on the day that it was going to be needed. Therefore, the rest of the supply chain really uh, was ill-prepared, I would say, um, in creating that continuity. But I realized the magic happened with the florist salesperson and selling those weddings. And the better I got at my job, the more I could predict when I met with a bride exactly what that wedding was going to cost, how much product I was going to need, and therefore an order 12 months in advance, which was what a farmer wants, a wholesaler wants, all these other areas of the industry. So it was kind of my aha moment um, that I had an idea for a bigger, um, that was bigger than just selling wedding flowers. So um, I set out to build that product you know it was an idea that sat I sat on for a long time I didn't know how I was going to do it um, I ended up going to different software developers in the Orlando area and they gave me bids of um, hundred you know a hundred thousand dollars um, I'm sorry seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to build this particular platform oh. the way that yes yeah that's a lot <laughs> So much like software is, is so time consuming. Like I had, you know, four main Excels that all spoke to each other that did all of this mathematical equations and to get that into a system or a framework that was structured somehow, um, it just seemed like such a far off endeavor. So I realized um, that I needed to take a different approach because working as a wedding florist, you know, I was not making that much money, you know, doing, and I was laboring so very hard for my brides. I wanted to meet perfection. Um, but it ended up going to uh, the Florida Venture Forum um, at the interest of uh, just 
different people that I would meet. I, I wouldn't introduce myself as a wedding florist. I would introduce myself as a software developer for the floral industry. And it would always create more conversations about, well, I don't have it yet, but this is what I'm working towards. And it would open doors for me or relationships that I that wouldn't have um, been part of the conversation had I not weaved it in there some, in some way. Um, before I knew it, I, um, I realized I was going to have to raise money to build something of this magnitude. So I just started pitching my idea. Um, I got booed off a stage one time because the investors didn't think that they would, I would ever bring this idea to, to market. No. Was told, yes, that it was just a horrible idea. This would never work. It was, um, so, so many, so many no's, I, I have to say that it was very discouraging, but, um, I just kept at it and kept refining it. And, um, before I, I knew it, I had a great product. We had you know, 35 customers that I hard earned and went back and um, ended up winning a venture competition and $25,000 and uh, the interest of the largest VC firm in Orlando, um, who was the same people who had um, been so objective to me the year prior. And they're now like my biggest supporters. So really? that had to be a moment of, of, great mm, pride, I think is probably the best word because, I mean, I think there's a part of me that would have wanted to say, thank you, but do you remember a year ago when you said this oh, was I, not for yeah. you? <laughs> yes. In fact, I point that out many times, but um, <laughs> it's more, I think that they could see that I had this fire in me and this grit and they wanted to see if I would crumble or if I would find a way. And I think that's what a lot of people do in those cases, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, or maybe they think they're entrepreneurs, have like maybe a great idea. They just don't have the um, determination to see it, see it through. And I would talk about, I mean, my sorority sisters that I'm still very close with today heard me for years talk about what I was going to do and what I was going to build. And I would just, I knew I, I could do it. It's just, it was going to take a while. So to see where we've brought it to. Today we have um, almost 600 event florists in the United States that are using our software um, to build their events. We're also in Canada, Australia, the United Kingdom. Um, but it is, it is so like satisfying, I think, personally to have like an idea and to find a way, you know, the first version of it was not what it is today, sure. but it had come so, so far and there's so much more we still have left to do. But today we are um, integrating with the supply chain. So um, a lot of farmers or breeders have their products represented on our site. So as our florists are building these events and sitting with these brides or, you know, corporate event clients, they're able to see a catalog of the most amazing exquisite blooms. They can pick a month, a color, um, and it will just show them what's available. And then they add those to their design board and then can drag and drop, uh, adjust the stem counts to see like how much that would cost them to create this event and then catalog all those designs in a great portfolio so that when they're sitting with clients, they can just say, okay, you like this bouquet? 
boom, it's, you know, $200 or, you know, 10 centerpieces with this arrangement of flowers. And at the same time, it's tabulating all of those um, needs from, you know, hundreds of suppliers from throughout around the world. So our supply network is benefiting um, from the analytics of seeing what products are going to be most desired at certain times and can then um, grow to accommodate those requests, which is has never been done. Um, so to me, it's like, who didn't see this beforehand that, and how can, um, really, I, I think that the floral industry is, you know, the florists in general are, are, are 65% women, I would say. There are a lot of men florists, but it is a highly dominated female field. And um, the, their part of the industry has been totally like devalued or when they're the frontline salespeople for the whole rest of the supply chain. So I feel like they have been overlooked or unequipped to really um, maximize their income. And, you know, if they're a lot of florists we know uh, often do jobs and then four months later they're finally looking at their numbers and realizing they didn't make enough money on that event. Our software helps them in the moment they're sitting with a client be the um, authority in that position on whether they should take a job or if it will be um, profitable for them. So in that ways I feel like we're empowering these businesses and then um, really helping them grow their bottom lines and turn it, you know, from a hobby into an actual professional career that they can, you know, and the, the contracts we create for them are, are just beautiful. So it's like the most beautiful presentation that you would ever set your eyes on. Like it's a winning contract the moment you hand it to someone, like a bride is not gonna let it, she wants to show that to all of her girlfriends and her friends of like, this is my wedding plans. And the florist really brings that vision together. So, um, you know, it's, it's a fun, a fun thing. And I, I have to say it, it all started with my days at AOPI because that's where I, I just saw events being put together like all the time. And my passion was there more than like, the marketing side of the business or the college world. Like I really was fully entrenched in, in the, that sorority experience. So I think it, it laid the foundation for what I was able to achieve years down the road. So it's really interesting to hear you talk about so many of these things. The first is that what you experienced as a part of the sorority is what inspired and helped you build skills that whether they were recognized at first by various people, they were certainly there. And I think a lot of times our women have a hard time translating what they do as a part of the sorority experience into professional experience, but truly it is. If you can organize an event for 200, 400, 1000 people, you have become an event planner, right? You have those skills. And it's funny you mentioned the ice sculptures because I remember and still have a picture from my days in college where we had this huge ice sculpture in the shape of a vase and the roses were cascading down around it. And, and now I would think, even, even it was so stunning then, even now if I walked into a room and saw that, I would it would take my breath away. And I have a dear friend helping her daughter, her oldest daughter is now engaged and truly their conversations started with the flowers. 
And that has built out the entire, I mean, the color scheme based on the time of year. And, and I don't know that people realize as they are talking to your local florist, um, wedding event planner, whomever it is that is coordinating with this person on the ground, all that goes into making that experience beautiful, literally. It is fascinating to hear you talk about it and that, I mean, obviously your family had nurseries and I think it's always so funny when people try to get away from something and it is part of who they are and they come back to it, but that you were able to work in so many different sides of it to fill a blank space that was not there. And that not only have you done it, it is now global. But it's a there's a long walk between having this idea and knowing it exists, as you shared. I, I cannot imagine being booed off a stage. That's awful. I love that these people then came back to give you money. Um, for people who aren't familiar with what VCs are, they are venture capitalist groups. They are groups that have money to invest in startups, um, in women organizations, in whatever their interest may be. There are even um, angel venture capitalist groups that have very specific interest, but, but that's a hard thing. And there are so many new businesses that are vying for the same dollars. And one of the biggest challenges that I see and hear when I have these conversations and just as a woman in business is capital. In the beginning, if you don't have the money, and that's one of the biggest reasons that that all businesses, not just women-owned businesses, but we see based on statistics coming out that it's harder for women to get money, and yet statistics indicate that women-led and women-owned and women-run companies do better, and yet we still can't get all the money that we need in the beginning. So I wonder if outside of knowing that you have to have cash flow, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced when you decided that this was going to be your goal? This was going to be your mark on this industry? Well, it was just, um, and I, to, to go back to the women, I was really in every competition I entered, the only female that had a business that either was selected for it or that put my hat in the ring. And I feel like that is so overly male dominated or maybe enough women don't feel like I I don't know why but I felt like when I was doing these things like I was representing not only like what I was trying to do but a whole sisterhood of people and like I had to put my best foot forward at all time like I got a criticism that I smiled too much so it was um and if you hadn't smiled, you wouldn't have been likable enough. Like there's always something, right? No doubt. No doubt. And I, I realize now, you know, after the fact, that was really just one of those just tough things to deal with. I can remember not wanting to show like any ounce of weakness, but I would cry like all the way home from what I had to just emotionally endure during those moments while I was on stage, because, you know, when you're getting the Simon Cowell moment, it's like, okay, hold up. Well, you don't work in our industry and you don't really see the opportunity here, but I do. And that's why I'm here giving you this opportunity. So, um, think about that for a little while. And, you know, it's, it's always, um, you know, so circumstantial, but I really think that people's intentions, um, 
maybe they were, even if they weren't as apparent to me in the moment were for just a little bit of tough love and um, seeing how people react. I would have to say that's really difficult. Cash flow is definitely something I keep my eye on every single day of this business and knowing or how to predict what is going to happen, um, I would say is probably one of the, the biggest things about a business because early on those days, if I ran out of money, there was no more moving forward at all. So it's like you're tending a little fire and you just need to keep keep it burning um, just just as long as till that next thing happens. So um, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say those are some of the tough, tough things that I've had to deal with, but um, you know, you find a way. And if you have um, that, that, like every time I put my head down and said, I cannot do this anymore, that I, I would, it would linger in my mind for a lot of time. Like that was probably the hardest part is myself, my internal voice that would tell me, you know, this is a good idea. You just, if you gave up now, like all the time that you've spent wouldn't be for anything. And so every, every time, like when I was to the edge, I would get pulled back in because a former, um, client saw what I was doing. And, and in the moment I, um, this happened to me one time in the moment that I had said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I got an email that came in from a former client that was like, Hey, OJ and I've talked about it and we want to invest in your company. And it was like, thank you. Thank you, God. Like this, like I've sent out all the prayers and it's just like when you're at your breaking point, that's when they get answered. So it's, it's really been like, God wasn't going to let me give up on this no matter how many times, like I may have wanted to give up. So how far in, like from a time standpoint, I think that it's interesting. I, I read something many years ago that when we when we see these award shows and it says best new artist well they're new to us but they've been in the business for 10 years or 15 years and and yet to us they are new so they win these grammys and 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 yet it's not new to them how long from the time you said okay i'm gonna give this my best effort did it take before you knew this was going to last? This was going to be the software company for Florist and and all of the the people that that are part of this supply chain in this process that you were comfortable knowing, okay, my bills are paid. We have a plan. We can grow, we can build. What was that time frame like for you? I would say um so I hired my first developer in 2014, but I had had the idea for about six years prior to that. And I would take like courses and extra, like I was part of an MBA program um, through Stetson and they would, uh, they use my business um, as a model to help them. So it was a, definitely a process of kind of thinking I knew where to go. I, I joined an incubator that uh, helped me kind of establish all the foundational things and business aspects that you just don't get with a marketing degree. Like it, I, I had no idea of a lot of, a lot of the different things that I would need to do. I would say it was a good 10 years and then um, we're still developing today, but um, in 2015 is when we launched 
I ended up winning the grant or the money in um, 2016, took a small investment in 2017, and then um, we were cash flow positive uh, in 2000 at the end of 2018. So last year we were really have been um, in a solid, I would say, foundation where we're yeah. profitable, which comes along with a whole different mess of circumstances, you know? Um, businesses try to run, I think, so close to just being just above the the losing element. And I really never understood that until I had to pay taxes on uh, <laughs> making money in a business. And so we're, we're probably going to be transitioning to a, a C-Corp or S-Corp soon. But, um, it, you know, I think there's still so much to learn. So I don't think that I will ever be done trying to figure out the best ways to do different business. But I really knew that we had um, a great opportunity when I started getting recognized by the Society of American Florists. Um, the American Institute of Floral Design uses our software to plan their event and they um, have a huge event with thousands of customers. And so they, they plan, I think, 30 different design programs. So all of those items are, are, are tracked and referenced in our software. And that, to get that industry support, I think is where I really know that we are doing all the right things. Um, Listening to our customers, though, is is something that is is always important to do. Just like listening to your friends, because they're really giving you the answers and advice to what they need next in their business. So, I feel like um, that's a huge part of what we're doing in the past to get us to where we are, and how we're going to be relevant in the future. Um, if there was one piece of advice, if there is a, a young woman listening, or a woman of any age, to be quite honest, listening, who has this idea and wants to capture the courage, what is one piece of advice you would give to women starting out in small business? Well, I would say that there's a reason why you had the dream in the first place, that God doesn't really plant these seeds for us to ignore. Um, and that if it's something that keeps coming back to you, then I would say um, set goals. Uh, you know, I'm a big goal maker and task, you know, uh, getting it just checked off. What is the next step? Um, I would say to seek good counsel, maybe find a mentor. Um, there are so many people that I've learned on from all different areas to help me really kind of unlock hidden treasures. So I feel like um, I've had a lot of divine appointments just by like saying yes to something. Um, but then also I would say that have your yeses mean yes and your noes mean no and no where you need to like draw the line because it doesn't serve you and not to get wrapped up or tangled in things that are not going to help you achieve that that higher goal. That your time is very um, relevant, and it's you know it, you only have so much time. So I love that to let your yeses mean yes and your noes mean no. That's it seems like something so easy to do, but in practice, it would take practice you know, to, to commit to that for your own personal sanity and, and ability to maintain life as we know it outside of our careers. As you know, it can become all-encompassing, right? 
Yeah. And I think that's the thing about having a small business is that you don't get the luxury of walking away at the end of the night. Like you are there 24 hours a day. And, um, you know, it's when there's an issue or something that comes up, like I feel that internally and it's like, you know, we got to get this solved because I feel like my reputation here on the line is on the line. So, um, I really try not to overextend myself anymore and do everything as polished and as good as we can do before we start like on an, a new other project. Um, and you know, it, I think that comes with like wisdom and time and I don't think it's everything that you know right off, but I think that you just have to really put yourself out there and just try. Um, because if you fail, then like, so what, like, so right. what it didn't work. Like, but at least you tried and you knew. So for me, that was like um, one of the biggest like winning, winning moments. Um, yeah. So tell me this for people who are fascinated by flowers as I am, but are interested in learning more about your company details, flower software, tell me where they find you. How do they get more information? Well, I'd love if you guys follow us on Instagram. It's at Details Flowers. And we post all kinds of beautiful pictures of our, our florist's work on there or um, also extra information about our company. Of course, you can go to our website, detailsflowers.com. And there's some really great, interesting articles um, just about everything from the holidays to different design trends, color trends, um, new, new innovative ways to, uh, enhance your workflow. You know, we really try to take it a step further. It's not just about the software. It's also about helping people in their business. So there's lots of great business advice to small business owners. Um, or if you're really interested in, um, starting a, maybe an event planning company or a floral business, it's a great, a great place to learn about all the flowers. Um, might even be something that we could do with like, like novice accounts or something if they were really express interest if there are any sisters out there that have a strong interest in that we'd love to talk to you um and maybe even have you as like a rep in certain college towns or something for our product but yeah i that's i would say those are the best places of course facebook but i feel like this generation is, is more to instagram for sure and i love instagram our ads do way our ad spends do way better on instagram than they do on facebook <laughs> Yes, 100%. Corrine, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I, I have learned so much that I did not know about the industry and about how it works and how it runs. I love that you are a woman in business, and I love that you are an AOPI. And I will um, ask all of our sisters to go and follow you and to find you and to support our sisters in small business. And I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. It's been it's been an honor. I really was quite flattered when you asked. So thank you so much. Alpha love. Thank you. And for all of you out there listening, as always, thank you. And until next time, stay safe and be well. Mm-hmm.